Welcome everybody to the Good Old Boy Podcast, where we are champions of the common man. I'm your host, Buster Caballero. Thanks for tuning in. We sit down with certified good old boys and discuss how they're doing life, how they're getting by, their tips, their tricks, and getting down to the how to live life right by good old boy standards. So, sit back, relax, fix your cocktail, and let's get to the show. everybody welcome back to the good old boy podcast now this intro has been remixed and redone for my special guest today if you are listening to this and you know this song then to you from an lsu boy i will say giga maggies in my studio today i have mr tk tim coon or as i like to call him Army. Welcome to the studio, Tim Coon from 643 Charts by way of Longview, Texas, now San Antonio. Guys, sit down, strap in. This one's going to be good today. Give me one just so I can hear it. Right now, how's that sound? Let me hear it, man. Army! <laughs> Tim, welcome, bud. Thanks for coming in. How you doing? Feeling great tonight. Glad to be with you. All right, man. So, Mr. Tim Coon Army here. Uh, I have known since the beginning of my relationship with my wife. He is best classified as the husband to my wife's best friend. And, well, we have had some adventures. We have had some fun. We have had a few beverages, but most importantly, it has been fun. <laughs> We've been through it all, hadn't we, buddy? Have we have we have. Thanks for coming in, bud. I picked you up from the airport on Friday, a little nine o'clock special special pickup for you. What did you think of that that pickup from the airport? Man, the whole deal was just spectacular. So I was coming in from Chicago. I live in San Antonio, and I'm coming in from Chicago. Chirac. Right? Right, exactly. <laughs> and my wife and two kids were already here, and you very generously came pick me up. <laughs> I'll volunteer. <laughs> and I thought there may be a beverage waiting on me inside. What I didn't know is that the windows would be rolled down and that you'd come down playing the Aggie War hymn just to let me know that you were there. And I heard you before <laughs> I saw you, which was awesome. That's awesome. I was trying to think, how do I... How do I have fun with this? Do I show up with the sign saying, welcome back from rehab, Tim? Uh, you know, we accept your lifestyle choice. Uh, welcome out of prison. But I said, nah, I'm just going to just gonna roll up with the war hymn and, and throw it out there for you. Coming back from Chicago to Texas is always great. But when you show up to a buddy picking you up with a stiff drink and a uh, – the Aggie wore him. That's the best way to come back home. So what was going on in Chicago, man? We were up there at a convention, uh, kind of trying to make some 
connections for our new business we started last year, 643 Charts. Uh, it's been a heck of a ride. We were up at the National Fast Pitch Coaches Convention, and it was a, it was a great success. We had a great time doing it. So what is 643 Charts? What do y'all do? So what we do is we create spray charts and all kinds of advanced analytics for college programs. Last year we started and we were really targeting Division I baseball programs. Uh, wanted to start small to make sure that we knew exactly what we were doing and had all the right information in the right spots and had the right connections. Uh, this year we've uh, expanded to Division Two and Division Three. And also Division One softball, so uh, it's been quite a ride. I'm connected with some really good guys, uh, Derek Weldon, who I grew up with, been playing baseball with since I was uh, probably four years old, and a good friend, Rick Alf, who was actually a student under Derek as he was a, a coach <laughs> in high school. He's a young guy. He's a young guy. He's the smartest guy, though. He's a rocket scientist. He's a genius. He's the software guy who puts it oh, all together. Man. What is your role? I'm I hope you're not. I hope you're not the face of it. I'm like, not the, the face looks. of it. I'm the spirit <laughs> behind it. So I help with the sales aspect of it. I'm the operations guy. So I put together kind of all the back end stuff um, and get out there with the coaches and and uh, try to make those connections too. Derek's done a great job. He was the uh, coach at Tennessee Tech for a few years, and this past year they had a heck of a run. They made it the super regionals. They were one win away from Omaha. Oh man, for a for a mid-major like that, playing in Austin, and Derek and I were there, and it was just spectacular watching his kids battle it out against the top talent in the land to go to Omaha. And they came up a game short, but those boys, it was just fun to be out there and watch them uh, fight to the nail and also know that they were using our charts and our information against Texas, who wasn't using our charts and information. It was pretty interesting to watch. So what do your charts provide? Some like. So D1 baseball program comes to y'all. What do they get? What, what are they, what are they going to, what is it? So spray charts for anybody who's familiar with baseball, spray charts tell you a hitter's tendency where they tend to tend to pull the ball, hit it up the middle, you know, hit it oppo. Maybe they hit it in the air to the opposite field and pull it on the ground. Uh, so we've got all that kind of information. That's the traditional uh, spray charts. In addition to that, we've really taken it beyond any existing company out there. There's a couple competitors we've got out there, but uh, what we do differently is provide a greater level of detail to where they hit it as far as the sprays go, and also we add uh, advanced analytics. So we've got all kinds of things, swing and miss percentages. We've got what's the tendencies for the, the batter to take the, first, uh, take the first pitch. So if you've got a batter who tends to take the first pitch, you know, you may be able to groove one in there early, right? If you got somebody who uh, tends to uh, swing early, we've got all those tendencies in there. We've got all kinds of batting average by count. You can really get an idea for what a hitter's trying to do up there without ever seeing him play. It's pretty spectacular. Something just came across the back of my mind on this, and I don't want to talk about it now, but we're going to talk about it afterwards. And I don't know if you've thought of this application for this yet. You have. Let's keep it offline, though. This all might right. be proprietary. Let's take it off. Let's take it off the line. So, we'll do that. Sounds awesome. Uh, I, I know I've seen y'all since the beginning of this and how it's grown. And, and you and I sat down and talked numbers today on a couple of little entrepreneurial things we're doing. And man, y'all are doing amazing. Which y'all are seeing. And uh, 
I know your technicality, and, and from what you've showed me, this thing just sounds amazing. It sounds really good, and, and I mean, who who wouldn't want to have that information? You know what it reminds me of? You ever watched The Simpsons? Yep. Okay. There was an episode where Lisa ends up taking over as manager of Bart's Little League team, and she goes full nerd on it, and like, She's like, oh, I'm going to move the left fielder into the stands. And the guy like just puts his glove up and the guy shanks it off and he catches it out. Like ridiculous statistical analysis that you basically are predicting it, where it's going to go. That's the idea is that we want to give all of the information to the coaches to let them make the decision. So we want to put the best information possible in front of the coaches and so they can make that exact decision. So they they may not be Lisa Simpson. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, one of the most enjoyable parts of being in this business was last year watching the regionals and super regionals. And we had three of the eight teams in Omaha last year were clients of ours. And that's powerful stuff. So being able to watch these folks on TV and watch them align their defense to every pitch. And there was several times last year, of course, we were all watching like geeks and we were, we were, we were pretty excited. There was occasions where the camera would flash over to the coach and they'd have our charts up and they'd be lining awesome. their defenses in the College World Series based on our charts. And I mean, that, that's powerful stuff. There's a couple of companies that were out there before us. Um, but what we've done is taken it to the next level and we want to put every bit of information we can put, up, put out there in front of our coaches so they can get their guys ready to play and in the right spots in the right situations. Dude, that sounds awesome. I'm happy for you all. That that's great. That entrepreneurial spirit. I know. You, I know you love baseball. So let let's take it back then. Longview, Texas, right? Absolutely. So there's you and Rodney Carrington. <laughs> <laughs> so correct, both from Longview, Texas. Absolutely, same high school. There's a few high schools in Longview, but uh, we went to the same one. And some people may be ashamed of that. I'm very proud of. I think Rodney Carrington. That's a, a hoot. funny guy. He I'll, is. I love that guy. I remember when I got his bootleg CD of where, you know, how you doing? Yep. <laughs> Great to be here. <laughs> I, I'm very lucky. So I'm actually the, the youngest of three brothers. And one of my older brothers actually graduated with Rodney Carrington. And so he knew him a little bit. And he was a funny guy in high school from what I hear. I've not got a chance to meet him personally. But uh, what he's done, I mean, he, he can bring anybody to stitches. Obviously, he's got his target market. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I mean, I think he's he's pretty much known around around the world. Certainly, uh, the southern part of of the U.S. He, he's, I wonder if we could get him on the podcast. Uh, it'd be amazing if we could. I would love to talk to that guy because he seems like just fun. He made movies with like Trace Adkins or no, I think not Trace Adkins. Uh, uh, who's the big old boy? Sings every light in the house. That's Tracy Lawrence. He made movies with Tracy Lawrence and stuff like that. Some funny ones. It, it just. Hilarious. So there's a couple of famous people from Longview, and he's one of them. Who's I, I'm not one of them, but you are uh, I'm, I'm just a good old boy from Longview, all right? Nah, you're, you're a famous one in my book. So who are the other ones from Longview? I'm just a good old boy, but we've got some famous ones from Longview. So we've got Matthew McConaughey. He's, he's, Shut your fuck. He's a, he's a great dude. Not he's, from, he's not a good old boy, but he, he's he's a good dude. I would... I could tell you... I, I like that guy. He's something else. He's one of a kind. Yeah. He, for me, Matthew McConaughey 
and I'm not up to speed on every movie he's put together, but there's a couple out there. Dallas Buyers Club, come on. I've never seen it. Oh, you got to get there. You got to get, maybe tonight. Is okay. tonight the night? Tonight's the night. Let's do it. Okay. We got to do it, dude. To me, that is McConaughey 101 right there. Man, I just like him all over when he plays a role and he's just kind of, you see his personality come out and it, it's it's pretty freaking hilarious. So, yeah, so we got Matthew McConaughey. Who else? So right now, big name in Major League Baseball, get him a baseball guy, Chris Davis. I played with him in Little League and a good dude. And I knew his sister very well, Jennifer Davis, sweetheart, absolute angel. Uh, Chris Davis, we played together in Little League and he actually, in the middle of the high school you know, kind of middle of high school, like maybe sophomore, junior. He moved over to Longview High School, which we all went to Pine Tree. He moved over there, and it was a great move for him because he got a lot of looks. Uh, I think he had actually scholarship offers from UT and all over the place. He got he got huge. He had a growth spurt, and good lord, can that man mash the mash the baseball? What, he, what position does he play? First base, and he's uh, recently signed a huge contract last year with the Baltimore Orioles, uh, led the American League, top two, three in the American League in home runs the past couple years. Uh, just a masher and a good dude, too. So that's another uh, pride of Longview there. I think baseball is one of those sports. Like, all right, you have a lot of NFL players, but baseball is one of those sports where, like, you really have to stand out to make it. Because think about it, you don't have a farm league for the NFL. You don't have a farm league. You might have a farm league for hockey. I don't know. I don't watch hockey. But, you know, all the you have to, like, pay your dang dues or be really exceptional to get in and play. Uh, I have a guy I work with, and I'm going to butcher this, but apparently he played in high school against a really talented a baseball player, Logan, if you can correct me on this, let me know. But he's like, I he was a pitcher, and he's like, I struck him out two out of three times. And so so when you played against uh, this guy, did you play against him? or? So we played together more than anything when we were a little bit younger. We never got a chance. We were different classifications uh, at the high school rank, so never mm -hmm. played against him. But it was one of those things where he was uh, he was a good player, and all of a sudden in high school he gained – you know, four, five, six inches and put on significant mass. And you look at him now, look him up. Chris Davis, he is a huge human and he is yoked and he can smash the ball. He's a good dude too. It's pretty pretty impressive. That's pretty cool. That's 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 good to hear. So so what we've got a little bit going on. Is this him right here? That's him right there. Christopher Lynn Davis. Crush Davis. Goes by Crush. That's right. Yeah. Look, Longview, Texas. There it is. $17 million? He got paid well. This man right here could hit the ball, and he got paid for it. Dude, look at his neck. Yep. Oh, dang. Good job, Chris Davis. Absolutely. Hell of a man, too. Good dude. Yeah, 32 years old. I mean. Yep. A couple years younger than me, but he's very active in the community. He does all kinds of things for, for Baltimore. I've seen some pretty cool things that, again, I'm friends with his sister, so... Um, she keeps me through Facebook and whatnot posted on, on what they're doing. Uh, pretty cool stuff that he's doing outside of baseball as well. That's but awesome. He's killing it at baseball. So we got Rodney Carrington, Matthew McConaughey, 
Chris Davis. Who else from Longview? We're a medium-sized town. You're stretching now. I'm we've stretching. Some, That's it? I've got no, them all? We've, we've got Tim some. Tim <laughs> Well, we've got some good some good folks out there. Let's see. Uh, um, we're going back a little bit. I don't know. Bobby Taylor was probably one of the greatest athletes that I've ever seen. Um, he played at Notre Dame. Uh, he was a football player, played cornerback. He played in the NFL for years, played for the Eagles. Um, he was insane. He was kind of one of my childhood guys that you're looking and going, man, this guy came out of Longview and made it to the top. And so that was pretty cool to see, too. So, uh, well, they got him as Houston, but I'm sure you got him. We'll, we'll claim him, Longview. So Heisman trophies are tonight. It is. Who you got in the Heisman? Did you see the, the odds changed recently, right? I'm a gambling kind of guy. Yeah. And it was Tua 100% until about two weeks ago. And then Kyler Murray picked up some steam. Did you watch any of that Big 12 championship game that he he beat Texas in and then the SEC championship game? Did you watch no. any of those games? No, I did not. My goodness. I watched Break both it down. of them. What happened? And, and, and let me be full disclosure here. I watched both of them, not nearly as close as I would like to have watched them. We were out at the a friend of mine ranch. Bryce Gray out there uh, was kind enough to host us at the ranch, and we had a good time with all of our neighbors and friends. And we were shooting skeet and and cooking steaks. And we watched football in the meantime. And I can tell you, I've watched enough Kyler Murray over the years. That guy can get it done. He's an Allen, Texas product. I don't think he ever lost in high school. Comes to A&M, he's a legacy. His dad was an Aggie uh, superstar. He comes to A&M, tries to make it work for a year. It just wasn't the right fit for him. Uh, we get into more detail on that. But uh, he made the call to switch schools and go to OU, sat out a year, uh, while last year they had Baker Mayfield win the Heisman. So you've got Kyler Murray sitting on the sideline, and this kid comes in and has just been phenomenal this year. He's been fun to watch. He's a video game. He's a little bitty dude, skinny, thin, absolute laser of an arm, and can run like nobody I've ever seen at the quarterback position. And I watched everything that Johnny Football had, and I love Johnny Football. I've had a chance yeah, to meet him. Yeah, you did love Johnny Football. I don't know an Aggie that didn't love Johnny Football. I mean, even to this day. So Johnny Football is a once-in-a-lifetime talent. Kyler Murray's that kind of talent, too. But uh, I hope he doesn't squander it. But if you, if you wear maroon and white and you wear it all the way through, then to me, you got my vote. So Johnny <laughs> Football, you got my vote all day. <laughs> well, I ain't voting Tua. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tua all year, so Tua all year has been crushing it, right? Mm-hmm. And we get to the SEC championship game, and he's on a he's got one flat tire, he's got a bad ankle going in, gets the other one hurt, he ends up coming out, and he's replaced, yeah. and they go on to w- come back and win the game. It was a heck of a game. I'm a college football nut. Um, I love Dude, baseball, that, and I love that was football. a the guy that replaced Tua, Jalen Hurts. He's another Jaylen Texas Hurts. product, and he was he was the leading quarterback. Sat sat for what was it? A year or two? So he was the quarterback all throughout last season, halfway through the national championship game last year against Georgia. He yeah. was the quarterback, right? Came out. He was not having a good game. They pulled him out and put Tua in, 
Tua, Tua brought win. the tide back, won in overtime. So then Tua had the net starting job going into right. this year. Was Heisman kind of guy all throughout the year. Gets into the SEC championship game, gets banged up. They put in Hurts in the third, fourth quarter. Yeah, and Hurts just came alive. Nick Saban, man, as an LSU Tiger, I mean, LSU's had a hell of a run, but you got to be thinking, man, Nick Saban Saban. was the glory days, right? I mean, Les Miles, a great coach, had some great It was great. Well, you know, we had those years, and I think, you know, even with Coach O now, it's going to be amazing. I I love Coach O just because, well, did you know that Coach O is from my hometown? Cut off Louisiana, my guy. Well, like one time, one or two towns over, but we we close, we close. Uh, Down so the bayou. I, I love seeing it. I love that passion about him. I've been, you know, he's just amazing. So, but, so I hate to put you on the spot here, Buster, but I'm gonna on, do it. Come on, do it. I know can, it's coming. Can you give me your best Coach O impersonation? He's he's one of a kind. <laughs> my voice is a little bit unique, but Coach O's got. Got, I mean, he, he's something different. Go ahead, give it to me. I'm gonna go Tigers. He's got the most raspiest. I love it. Like, just like you can tell, he has spent the majority of his life yelling at young men. No, motivating young men. Right. Because I had when I when I moved to Mississippi, my first job out of college, I worked with a guy, and he actually played football at Nichols State. Whenever uh, Ogeron was a coach at Nichols State. And that was about the time that he was going to be the coach at Ole Miss. And he was telling me a story. He like, this guy was always fired up. Like, you can't, like, he was always ready to go, always go, just like challenging players, ready to be the alpha dog. So you know what I love about that is the passion. That's yeah, the number one that's, thing, right? I mean, is he the best X's and O's coach? Maybe, maybe not, right? Is he the best motivational speaker? Maybe, maybe not. That sucker, but, he was born there, he was raised there, and he bleeds yeah. purple and gold. And he loves those tigers, man. He and does. It, you can't replace that. And that's the same for business. That's the same for mm-hmm. whatever you're doing. You have that kind of passion, you're going to be successful. So, funny story. My mom was telling me uh, when Ogeron got named coach, head coach of LSU, not interim, but head coach. Like, they were looking at everyone else, and then they, they gave him the contract. Uh, she was in church, and his mama was in church also. And before the priest like started this ceremony, he says, "Rod well, like to pray for Coach O. His mama's here." And my mom said, "Like at communion, people would come up, you know, get the communion, and then walk to the side and go shake his mama's hand." And if you've ever seen the YouTube, the videos of her, she's an amazing woman. Uh, just. I love it. Just a typical, you know, down the by a mama. And, but they were all like shaking her hand and doing the best and praying for O and all that. So that's that hometown deal, man. It is. Love it. It is. And I, I know you can't beat it, but so who do you think? Haskins, Murray, or Tua? So interesting deal. The, uh, the odds makers in Vegas, they seem to know, right? They've been doing this for a long time and they're pretty close. They, uh, they seem to have been favoring. <laughs> Kyler down the stretch right now. I think he's a favorite. I would still put my money on Tua if I was betting tonight. I'm yeah. not betting. Got no money in the deal. They're going to be announcing it here in the next uh, 20, 30 minutes or so. Uh, it'd be interesting to see, but I uh, I think Tua, the body of work that he's put together, I know he's got a great defense, great O-line, great skill guys around him, 
But the numbers he's put up, just nobody's ever done that before. So we'll see very well, soon. Well, I'll go Murray. So we'll do that and we'll bet something tonight and see something. what happens. We'll bet something tonight. <laughs> so, well, Army, how'd you like the moisters? Man, I'm telling you, Caballero, my man right here, knows how to do the oysters. He's got this fancy this fancy tray that you had out there was something else. I've actually put it on my Christmas gift list. It was, uh, what was it? It's called the Oyster Bed, and it's some guys from Louisiana that made it. You can just Google the Oyster Bed, and, dude, this it's like a silver platter that you can take the oysters. You don't have to show. You can get them shucked and all. You put them in there, and you mix them all you, what you want, your butter, your garlic, or your Parmesan, all that, and you just throw it either in the – put it on broil in your oven or put it on the grill – and these oysters just come out amazing. I love doing it. Uh, Kelly got it for me for my birthday last year. And when Tristan came in, one of my friends had it at her shop in Lake Charles. And so she sold it. She got it for Tristan and me. And he walked in. He's like, hey, I need this thing. He's like, I don't know if we got any more. And she, he said, it's for Buster. And she was like, oh, okay, I'll get one. <laughs> so It's nice to know people, right? It's, dude, it is so nice knowing people. Let me tell you, I love it. Absolutely. It's, no, the good thing, old I, the good old boy network. It is it is something else. That's it. Hopefully we pull that off. I've got a birthday coming up here, so if I don't get it for Christmas in January, uh, I need you to pull me Tristan, some favors. Tristan, I know you're probably listening, so uh, hook, let's make this happen for this man. Uh, we'll get it done, and then. So what do, what have we been doing all day? We have watching kids. Between your two, my three, we have five kids we've been watching, three girls, two boys, uh, and drinking whiskey and making pancakes and all that. We we got picked up two two whiskeys, well, one whiskey and one bourbon. So, pardon if that goes. So we got ten cup American whiskey, and then seventeen ninety two small batch. What are you drinking right now? This is seventeen ninety two right here, and it's been working out pretty well for me so far. Yeah, we I think we both had a little bit of the Ameri- the ten cup whiskey, and so far the small batch seventeen ninety two is almost empty. <laughs> so it's hard good. to beat that. It's worked out just fine. We've had a great time. Uh, thank God for for good women, right? They yeah. they've helped us out. We've gone out shopping a little bit along the way, and uh-huh. they've watched the kids, and we switch off and inevitably we watch the kids and they're outside running around playing like <laughs> fools in the backyard, jumping off the swing sets and having a ball. That's the way it's Crying. supposed to be. That is, that is. So army, tell me about A&M. Tell me about your <clears throat> decision to go there, your experience while there, your, you know, what was it like? You know, did, did you always want to go to A&M? No, so I'm first generation. Did you want to go to Texas? So to be honest with you, I wanted to go to college. I didn't have, I wasn't married to anything in particular. Mm -hmm. It was a big deal for me to go to college, being a first generation college student. So um, I had an older brother who went to SFA. Um, For me, the decision was do I want to go play? I was a big baseball player growing up. And the decision was do I go play? you know, Division two, Division three baseball. I probably wasn't Division one uh, caliber as much as I'd like to think I was. <laughs> I bet you'd be it. <laughs> if I was a coach in Division one, I'd have, I'd have brought me on. But uh, 
Anyway, we... Uh, I'd have brought you on just for the shits and giggles of it. <laughs> so the, the funny part is, is I made the grades in high school, and so I had the chance to, to go to A&M and get some money to go there just as a student. And so I made that decision. A very, very good friend of mine, Amy Crow, uh, Beard now, married a great guy, Brad Beard, uh, she wanted to go to A&M most of her life, and... We took a road trip one day. I was planning on going to Texas Tech, and she said, you know what, you ought to go to A&M. You seem like an A&M kind of guy, and thank God for her every day because A&M is a special place. I was lucky enough to get scholarships to be able to go to A&M, and so once she talked me into going to A&M, great experience. I mean, I met so many great people, learned so many great things about uh, – and that one of the coolest things about A&M is – you get the education, a piece of paper and all that, right? Mm-hmm. But what they advertise at A&M, and it's absolutely true, is the other education. And that, that's how I've made my living, right? I mean, so I've got my accounting degree, which sounds pretty boring for a guy like me. <laughs> uh, able to do it. I did it for a few years. I remember when when we were getting ready to beat Kelly goes, they're both accountants. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and the silence that'll, falls over the room. That'll be fun. So... <laughs> I'm the least How's, how's your accountant. amortization schedule going for you? <laughs> so uh, You're not an accountant. I did that. I put my time in there, learned a lot of good things, met a lot of good people. I'm uh, very happy to be where I'm at now. Uh, I'm more in the operations. I'm in part sales and logistics for heavy equipment business and really enjoying that. But, again, I mean, that's, that's going back to A&M, very, very well-rounded education. I was super plugged in all over campus. And it's really learning how to be a leader. And one of the things we ought to talk about today is uh, all of the uh, celebrations, memorials, all the things going on for uh, George H.W. Bush. That, I, I did not realize how tied, how, like, that was beautiful to watch. So, and and, and I will say this about... You know, I'm an LSU guy. Graduate. 2-0 and go. <laughs> Thanks, Mom and Dad. Barely. That last semester was fun. <laughs> uh, we won a championship. But, you know, when I first came to A&M and got to see the tailgating and experience it, and Brandon, and, you know, I think it was me and Kelly, you and Courtney, Brandon and Yvonne, and I think Jared and yeah. Kelly – and Brandon took me on the unofficial tour of campus. I thought how amazing that was. And getting to know you guys, like, I got to say, I love me some A&M. I like, I like me some Aggies. I think, I think they're very similar. Like, we both, and especially now that we're both in the SEC, like, our schools are so similar, you know? And if, uh, there's probably only like two A&M guys that maybe I don't care for. <laughs> no names right now. No names. But, you know, there, there's, you know, I work with Aggies. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've known y'all a, a lot. You were in my wedding. Uh, you know, it's a great school. It puts, it puts out really good people. So my favorite thing about A&M, and I could name a million things, but historically, the number of leaders, I think outside one or two Ivy League schools, if you look at the 
CEOs of the top 500 companies, mm-hmm. A&M has more CEOs of the Fortune 500 companies than anybody else. And I mean, that, that just goes to that other education, right? You can be really smart, but you're not going to take a 4.0, somebody who's been cranking through the books all their life and never been able to work with other people and put them in charge of a huge organization. Uh, that's part of the part of that uh, networking deal that is pretty cool. And so, so quick Google, most CEOs from school. <laughs> I know I kind of butchered that, but we've been drinking whiskey. Don't care. And in here you have Oxford, Harvard, Cornell, Michigan, Ann Arbor, uh, Imperial College in Carl. I don't know. I've never heard that? of those. But then here you have it. Texas A&M University. Do you think it's because of the the core? I think that's a big part of it. My for myself, I was not in the core, but I will say that the uh, the core, the foundation of service. Uh, I love the guys that were in the core. I mean, I've got so many good friends that were in the core, and all of them have a little bit something extra about them because of all the extra work and all the extra things you have to do. It gives you. Uh, a perspective on how to be successful and how to how to grow, how to develop, uh, and I just think that the core is even not having done it myself, being around, being in a culture that mm-hmm. uh, that that really appreciates that. I, I think it's invaluable. I, I I liked seeing that when I was there. Uh, my father-in-law, Iron Mike. He he can he can rattle off like all the core objectives. He went to SMU, but he can rattle off some some core knowledge. And then there's Crumley, my man. Oh, oh, Jared Crumley, dude, with the telling the stories of the dog. I mean, like I remember, I was so excited. He's like, yeah, this dog is you know one from Reveille. It's one of the puppies, and he used to. And I was like, wow. And then he starts telling the stories, and I'm I'm dying laughing. So Crumley, hell of a guy, first of all. He's a good old boy. At some point, his number's coming up on this deal. We need to get him on here. Yeah, I want to get him. I want to get Brandon. I want to get – I'd like to get a couple of us together for that. Uh, But so he was in the core, and he was in charge of watching Reveille. Mascot corporal. Absolutely. And so, uh, I mean, the the stories he can tell – so Reveille, for those of you who may not know – Reveille is the highest, you know, ranking cadet on campus, right? Reveille is the honorary figurehead of A&M, Miss Reveille. And so when you see her around campus, people just flock to you. And so another example of, of how A&M builds leaders is this program. I mean, when you are responsible for the highest ranking, yeah. uh, you know, figure on campus, that, that's a pretty big deal. And so, yeah, to put on a 19, 20 year old guy in college, college. sophomore. That's right. Yeah. You so, think that's how you met Kelly? <laughs> I'm sure she's very proud of him for that. That's right. That's right. I hope he hears this. It comes with some, some fringe benefits probably. Yeah. We'll have to get some more information from him on that. <laughs> well, I'll start writing down questions. <laughs> Oh, but it, it's it's good school. It's great school. Uh, I mean, your experience there. I mean, just spectacular. I, I was very, very involved. I was in uh, what we called COSGA, but it's Conference on Student Government Associations. We had student body presidents and, and student body leadership from all over the country that would come in every year and 
we do a conference on how to be an effective governance structure. And so, uh, you know, one of the, re- I mean, there's a, a million success stories. Every year we do that. Uh, you know, th- there's a lot of programs out there uh, to recognize the success of Aggies. Uh, but like Will Hurd, for example, he was the student body president in 99 when Bonfire fell. I mean, talk about a pressure-packed situation to put a student in. Mm-hmm. So when Bonfire fell in 99, I mean, that was a pivotal moment in, in not only Aggie history, but really, I mean, that's, you're talking about a huge, huge undertaking where we lost a, a dozen Aggies, a 12th man. It's very interesting, right? We yeah. lost 12 Aggies that day. Uh, I've got some very good friends. Bill Davis lives here in Houston um, who could have died, maybe should have died, was saved that day. And thank God that he was. Good man. Um, talk about something that's impactful. Every November when that, uh, that anniversary rolls around, I think every Aggie, even the current students who have not known the history of the bonfire going back can get emotional and, and you know, similar to 9-11 or similar to Pearl Harbor Day and all these things, and it maybe loses a little bit of that sting over time, but you know the history that was there, the impact that it made, uh, the lives that were changed. And for, for Aggies, that bonfire deal... Um, was uh was that moment for us i think what is it that all the aggies do on that day when so it happens when so it's interesting they, i think they do some candlelight vigils on campus um they and, I'm, do, and i may be getting confused with something else no so so yeah i think you're getting confused with silver taps so silver taps happens every year in the spring and what that is is a recognition for all Aggies who have passed at whatever, however old. And so the concept there is that, and similar to um, you know, military muster where everybody gets in line, mm-hmm. we, we count everybody out, it's basically all the, all the Aggies, wherever you are, the saying goes, wherever you are and there's another Aggie anywhere, anywhere around, you get together and you muster and you, you recognize and, and pay honor to the Aggies that have fallen. You call their name. Uh, obviously, the biggest one is in College Station, but there every Aggie at club across the country does a big gathering, mm-hmm. a lot of barbecue and food and drinks and fun, but then you have this uh, moment of remembrance, and you call out the name of every Aggie. And so as an Aggie, you remember, um, it, it's pretty cool. On campus when you're there, every light across campus is shut out. Now, now campus doesn't, you know, the master switch isn't pulled, it's up to every Aggie yeah. to shut off their lights. And so for a campus of 45, 50, 55,000 kids to go entirely dark and entirely silent for about 30 minutes or an hour is pretty crazy. Everybody gathers from across the campus and they gather in the main quad. They have a 21 gun salute and they play silver taps. And uh, it's it's a very moving ceremony. If you hadn't been anybody, it's just a very moving ceremony. But uh, the concept is for uh, muster is kind of the once a year um, uh, time to get together and recognize all of the Aggies that have fallen. So in in, in concept, whenever whenever my number comes up, right, whenever I die, 
my name's going to be called up there on the stage, which is pretty cool. So it's, again, living, living, it goes with the whole military philosophy and mm-hmm. living and doing something more than yourself. It isn't just You're about putting you. in service. Absolutely. In, in the name, not like where you're going into the military service, but you're putting service into your school. And you're going out and you're doing this, and at the end they're going to recognize you for it when you when Absolutely. you leave. And, and a lot of those things are, you know, there may be some out there who are listening, ah, this Aggie stuff, this and that, but it truly is a family. They've got there's something special about the way they've brought together 45, 50, whatever the numbers, it's growing, fifty five thousand kids. And when you leave there, you're bonded to something, right? There's some people that mm-hmm. get into it more than others, but there's this common thread that y'all love each other and support one another. I mean it's very similar to the military, right? And that's why yeah. I reference the core. Uh that you're all you're all pulling the same direction, but uh, y'all support one another in the end. It's pretty powerful. Th- Just an example of that is how Brandon wears his Aggie ring, which the whole Aggie ring is another thing, dunking the ring and and recognizing each other class of, you know, wears his Aggie ring on his wedding finger. And I think he wears it before his wedding band. Or something yep. like that, because he's like, I'm married to AM first. So the Aggie ring's another deal, right? Dude, a lot that's, of schools, that's crazy. A lot of a lot of high schools do the Aggie or do, do the ring. Uh, a lot of colleges do a ring. The we Aggie did. ring is something that you can recognize from a mile away. And I can tell you a couple stories. There was one just from two, three days ago that was pretty cool, but um the Aggie ring looks a little bit different. And the thing about the Aggie ring is this. You can recognize it, and every student gets one. So there are uh, philanthropic efforts on campus to support those Aggies who cannot afford an Aggie ring to get one. Um, We're very, very passionate about everybody having one, Mm -hmm. and it's just one of those things. I mean, I could tell you countless stories about Aggie rings turning up and being turned in and lost for years, and then somebody finds them after years. Um, I lived in D.C. for a year right after graduating and living in Washington, D.C., I would get people come up to me on the metro and say, hey, what year are you? And I didn't know this person from Adam. And it kind of take you off guard, right? You're a thousand miles from home. And they say, what year are you? And you go, what are you, you, know, what are you talking about? And you go, well, yeah, you know, 06, right, for me. Uh, just this past weekend, we were at the National Fast Pitch Coaches Association Convention in Chicago uh, just a couple days ago. And there was a uh, a young lady who came across from uh, one of the vendors there. I think it was uh, Scrapyard Sports. Uh, she came up, and she was handing out these raffle tickets, and I mm-hmm. reached out to grab one, and she goes, oh, Aggie Ring, huh? What year are you? You know, it kind of caught me off guard. So, you know, 06, <laughs> and she said, oh, I'm class of 2010, whatever it was. And uh, very cool. It's a connection point for all Aggies. Well, that that's even when I meet guys and ladies and all, and they're Aggies, I'm like, I even ask, oh, what class? Because I'm trying to tie it back to, oh, do you know this person? Do you know that person? Uh, you know, uh, just going forth on it. So now going back to what we were talking about recently, the passing of number 41. Now, pardon my, pardon my ignorance, okay? That's a big pardon. I know, dude. <laughs> we can fill several books. Hold on. I'm going to let you think about that. Let me chime in with a story here as we get talking about 41. Go ahead. 
What a man. What a man. Um, I had the opportunity to meet George Bush Sr. on a couple occasions as a student, and he was the most gracious guy. He was always on campus. Uh, they lived in Houston. Him and his wife yeah. lived in Houston. At, but I got were, a funny story to tell you about that afterwards. Ahead. No, you keep going. And so I, I met him on several occasions. At one point, I had a chance to have lunch with him. It was in the cafeteria, the 12th Man Cafe, right there uh, in the heart of the Memorial Student Center. And just getting to spend a few minutes with him, and, t- and actually, very interesting, this was uh, this was probably spring of 02. I'm sorry, spring of 03. And so his son, right, at this point, W was the president. And so he has some influence over his son, obviously, and you know, this is right after 9 11. Did you ever so see the you're movie? Talking about some pretty serious stuff that he's got information. Yeah. And he's sitting there with me just having a conversation. And you just would not think that somebody with that much influence, who has seen that much, knows that much, can just sit there and have a great. I, mean, I wish he were alive because he would be great on the podcast. What a good old boy. I, well, so a story is. My father-in-law, once again, Iron Mike, who will be on this podcast. Can't wait. Who, God, just... What a guy. There, there's... I'm, I'm, I'm impressed by very few men. He, do you hear that? All right. If you hear something in the background, it is our children singing <laughs> and the, our, our wives are taking care so we can drop this. But, okay, get that out the way. But my father-in-law... Impressive man. The, if there's one word I can describe him with, would be service. Yeah. Uh, when he was growing up, his father, uh, Poppy, as I knew yeah, Poppy, absolutely. but Joe Garino, who was a judge in Houston, coached uh, George H.W.'s. Let's just call him. Let's call him Forty One. Right. He coached. 41's boys in baseball. No kidding. No kidding. And Mike said that George and Barbara would be at the games and all this, and uh, and they were always there and just really intuitive people and all that. And then after the passing, he told me this story of just after he had been elected uh, vice president, uh that they were the, there's a whole thing like after after the whole inauguration then you go to the vice president's hometown so they came down to here in Houston and he lived down the road and here comes the motorcade past his his house well his dad's house and all of a sudden he said the uh the uh god if you're hearing this in the background the kids it's hilarious uh they're just laughing but all of a sudden he heard stop joe and out pops the vice president, 41, saying, Joe, how you doing? Good to see you. Know? And he said, it's just the nicest people. One of the coolest things, and just this family. And I know everybody's got your political theories about all this stuff. Toss that shit aside. After Mike's dad passed away, he, uh, we were at the house, and his mom, Mimi Della Grace, said, Oh, look at the letter I got. And I read it, and I'm reading it, and it's, Dear Della, so sorry to hear about the past, and Joe always remember. 
And at the bottom, sincerely, Barbara Bush. Something else. They live right down the road from That family's this, so gracious. So that was the biggest, that's the biggest thing I've heard is people who are like, how, how just down to earth they were. So you don't get, you don't lead the world, or I say the U.S., the world, but you don't lead the president Cold of the United War, States, all the things, War, things. CIA director, all this stuff, and still be that, that kind of guy, skydiving, wearing funny socks. How do you separate that? That's one of the things about, I don't know what he did, but if he instilled that in W43, because well. think about what does that guy do all day? He paints pictures of veterans. He uh, goes biking with veterans, wounded warriors, all this stuff. Does all that. That's all you hear about him if you ever hear anything about him. Yep. 41, it's one of those things that your legacy is really cemented long afterwards, and thank God he lived as long as he did his legacy continued to grow and he continued to raise funds and do great things yeah. for so many people. Obviously you, know, you live in here in the Houston area, uh, very impactful around here, him being buried in college station with the whole Memorial this week. It's been pretty cool. My dad, who I doubt will hear this, but hopefully we can get this uh, downloaded to you. Not much of a technology guy. Um, we'll burn it on a CD for him. You or know, my dad reaches out to me and sends me a message that was a very moving message. I'm up in Chicago doing some work stuff this week, and he sends a message and says, I know every day is a great day to be an Aggie, but the way A&M in, in Houston and that whole A&M, the, you know, the whole college station in the Houston Port mm-hmm. is supporting, uh, must be a really proud day. And it is. I can tell you every Aggie, regardless of p- uh, political persuasion, uh, can appreciate the, the – um, the the presence of 41 on our campus. I, let me give you one so other quick it? lighthearted story. Go ahead. So uh, I've actually seen pictures this week with some of the memorials going around. I was part of an organization called OAGS on campus, and it was not a fraternity, but it was a group of, guy, of leaders on campus who came together for social and all kinds of, of uh, leadership and philanthropo- uh, philanthropic efforts. And before I was there, this was probably um, 2000, 2001, there was this picture of 41 out there that was tailgating with all of our guys drinking beer. And um, he was actually walking to the rec center and all of the guys recognized him and called him over. And he was very happy to take some pictures and bring it. You know, it, it was very cool. So they were passing that picture around. It reminded me, we did not get a picture, very unfortunately. But I was... Uh, Probably a sophomore at AM. So we're probably, probably talking 2003 ish. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happened. We didn't get a picture, but we were out there uh, drinking beer, uh, cooking eggs, you know, the old kegs and eggs thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we probably had a keg toss going on. And <laughs> here comes uh, 41 walking up with some security guys, you know, uh, Secret Service guys. And he, of course, we stopped the shenanigans we were doing, and all of us just dropped everything and shook his hand. And he came in there, and it was the most um, uh, humbling experience because he was just very happy to be there, happy to shake our hand. And and there's got to be a picture out there. There were some pictures taken, but uh, just the opportunity as a student. You're sitting there 18, 19 years old. 
drinking beer, yeah. acting like a acting, acting like, a, like a college student on, and here on Saturday morning, and here comes a former president of the United States walking right through your tailgate and is happy to sit there and hang out for five or ten minutes and have a conversation. Just very very cool experience. That that is, and those guys that you've ultimately put the most ultimate amount of pressure upon yourself. I mean, look at all Clinton, Trump, Bushes, Carter, all these guys. Who do you talk to about that? That's it. That's it. Who who do you go to and say, like, okay, you and I, we're in industrial sales. We're we can talk to each other about that. I can call up 30 more other guys. Think about your son, like having that and being like, oh, yeah, I'm at a war in, you know, the Middle East. Who, there's one other person on this, and I'm leading the most free country in the world. There's one other person you talk to about that, and it's your dad. Let that, you know. It's something else. And, and you know, there's a saying, I think, I've heard out there, it's lonely at the top. And, uh partisan and all that stuff aside you know right now it's a political climate that's very heated don't want to get into all that but um to be at the pinnacle of the u.s right to be the president there's a lot of weight on your shoulders and just to think through and i've read all of the all of the biographies all the books um that him and several of the presidents have written and thinking through the day-to-day love them or hate them thinking through the pressure and, and the complexities of international affairs and domestic policy and war. Uh, Homelessness. Uh, man, and it's a big drug job. Drug epidemic. It's a, and all. it's a big job. Yeah. And you got to hire the right people. You got to... That's what I'm saying. I don't care who it is. Look, Obama. Did not care for him. Don't think he was a good president. I rooted for him. Every day. Please. You got to. Win. Win. You got to. Win. If you're, not, if you're not American first, if you're partisan first and not American yeah. first, that's a problem, right? That's part of uh, what's dri- what's driven the divisiveness in mm-hmm. our country, I think. And uh, I've got my own political beliefs, and I feel strongly in them. But more than anything, I want what's best for America. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. hopefully Either. it's the person that I vote for, and it's going my direction. But if not... And I'm going to pull for that person to be successful yeah. as possible. That's all So, uh, you know anything about Clay Travis? Who's that? That's a uh, left field. I just threw one out left field. On God, that. no. Gotcha. Is it sports? <laughs> yeah. No. Sports. So, he's sports. He's political. He's all these things. He's a uh, he's a podcast guru. Here we are on the podcast. Never thought I'd be on a podcast in my life. Clay Travis has quite a following. He's uh, uh, lives in Tennessee, Nashville area. Um and he has successfully melded politics. I'm sorry. Let me start with sports. First of all, he's an SEC guy. Well, that's good. Um, but his whole deal is uh, SEC, kind of the cultural way of life. Um, and he's blended politics into it a little bit. He's got some books out. He's got a new one that's released. Uh, I want to get a chance to meet him. I think he's a hell of a guy. I listen to a lot of his uh, podcasts and uh, read all of his books. He's just one of these guys that I think has a great uh, grasp on 
these kinds of concepts going. And, and he, he grew up supporting some left leaning. He was on Al Gore's campaign, and all this, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, he goes, look, as America, we've got to uh, stand by some of the foundational concepts that we all agree in, and there's some that we're not going to agree in. But co- let's let's agree in common sense, right? And, yeah. And so, anyway, he, he's got some interesting thoughts out there, some interesting information. So, yeah, we're getting closer to it. Oh, they hadn't announced it yet. Nope. Oh, maybe you better get your bets in while you can. Get your bets in. Uh, yeah, we're talking they, about the Heisman. We're, now. we're we're looking back at the Heisman to see if it's one, you know, if anybody's won or they announced it. Uh, you know, not yet, not yet. So y'all went hunting. We did. So uh, went out to the ranch last weekend. We weren't really hunting. It was uh, it was hunting for twelve ounce cans and some some uh, two legged deer. That's it. Uh, Good friend of mine, Bryce Gray, was kind enough to host a group of friends down last weekend out in Denaro, Texas. You ever heard of Denaro? Sounds money. (laughs) (laughs) It's down uh, down towards Corpus from San Antonio. Um, Y'all take a. Uh, was it seventy one down or we took uh, yeah thirty seven yeah thirty seven thirty seven down and it's uh, y'all went through Charlotte uh, yep we got, went past that a little bit further <laughs> south than that that's that's where your place is I know we've been out there having some good times but yeah. we went out there and it was funny right so we got to get the ags together and go to Mississippi oh I'd love it so you've invited me a couple times to drink Natchez Dry yeah we had by the way, I'm a little disappointed in you. The name of it is Drink Natchez Dry. You've been doing it for four or five years. You never drank it dry. It's still running. We're trying. <laughs> <laughs> we put a hurt on it. So we need to do that next year. But uh, no. So, the, the, quick the, funny story. Go ahead. We were at my dad's place for before Thanksgiving. And one of the places we go to is the Corner Bar. And the guy that owns its name is Butch. And so he also has a heating and air conditioning business in Mississippi. So my dad's like got him come out to look at something. So I'm sitting on the deck and these trucks roll up. I'm like, who the hell is this? And he goes, oh, that's Butch. He's here to work on a thing. And he gets out of the truck and he looks at me and he goes, y'all need to behave next year. I'm like, what did we do? He goes, y'all got to behave. And I go, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll try. <laughs> I need to be a part of that. You, let's let's get the ags together and let's just let's roll up like you know a little bit of Texas in there. See yeah, what absolutely. happens because you know we got uh, the, the drink night just drives fun, but I think we got to just do a uh, me, you, Brandon, Kroll, uh, Crumley for sure. You, you know, let's just so, so this deal last weekend was funny, right? I'm a I'm a good old boy, so I don't let anything I don't put anything to waste. If I've got something, I'm going to use it. And so we go out there, and uh, normally when I'm shooting birds, I shoot my 20 gauge over and under that I love. But I said, you know what? I hadn't shot this old 870 Express 12 gauge pump in a little mm-hmm. while. Let me let me break that thing out. And so I brought it down there with all the other you know ARs, all the pistols and everything we had. And so this was a great ranch my buddy had. Went down there and said, we're gonna shoot some skeet. We shot I think six boxes of clays. That was Good a lot Lord. of clay. And so, holy Whoa, cow, look at there. Holy shit. Right, Sorry. It's already, he, I'll mark it explicit. It's so, okay. uh, Courtney, let, let me put a little preference out there to my wife, Courtney. She is going to be severely pissed off right now with the Heisman voting. Good Lord. My God. So, so congratulations, so, Kyler Murray. 
2018 Heisman winner. So uh, former Texas Boomer, Aggie. Boomer Sooner. Former Texas Aggie quarterback Kyler Murray wins the Heisman, and that sucker is good. While I may not uh, love all of his actions, he is a hell of a football player. Kudos to him. Good. Dude, that's just one of those. That's the thing you grow up as a young boy uh, dreaming about winning. Let me throw a conspiracy at you. Let's go. Kyler Murray in the offseason was drafted, I think, in the first round by the Oakland A's. He got a four, four and a half million dollar signing bonus. This is his last season of college football. He's going to play professional baseball after this, right? He's done. Mm-hmm. Tua, who was in second, who could have also won this thing, was uh, had to have been very close. I don't know what the numbers are, but uh, he's coming back for another year. He's only played two years of college football, so he's coming back. Do you think it's conceivable that dude he blew him out the water? Not even close, huh? Two thousand one hundred sixty-seven points for Kurt Murray, one thousand eight hundred seventy-one points for Tua, Haskins seven eighty-three, and Greer one twenty-six. Goodness gracious, good lord! Well, I mean, I can't you, you can't argue with it. They no. both had fantastic years. So Tua is going to come back and play again. He's a true uh-huh. sophomore, so he's got another year. Kyler Murray could come back and play, but he's going to go cash that paycheck and go play pro baseball. Never going to play. Uh, you, you don't want to say never, right? Yeah. A, a, an athlete. Of he's his playing caliber. for fun right now. That's it. And, and let me let me say this about him. He had a payday sitting there. I'm sure he had all kind of insurance policies and all that, but he had a $4.5 million check sitting in front of him to go play pro ball. And he goes, you know what? I'm going to go play college football and risk his future in pro baseball. Cool on the kid while I, uh, as a loyal Texas Aggie, and his dad was a Texas Aggie. He came over there, came to A&M for a year. I would love to have seen him make, make it work at A&M. But from what I understand, uh, this was probably this – is this, he's in the final four. He's in the college playoff. He won the Heisman. This has to have been a good move for him. Good on you, Kyler. Get it. So what's your conspiracy theory? So the conspiracy theory is that he, he's gone, right? He's done with yeah. college football, and two is coming back. Could it be that they want to have some excitement? If you've got an, a, a returning Heisman, Heisman winner, trophy, right? Yeah. I mean, it's been done before. Johnny won it and came back. I think there was one or two others that have won it and come back, a chance yeah. to win a second time. And I don't think since the 70s, Johnny Rogers at uh, Ohio State, good Lord, don't check me on that. This is just coming off the top of my head, won it two years in a row. So I don't think anybody's won it uh, twice since the 70s, but uh, there could be a little bit of that element of, you know what, Tua has a chance to do it again next year. He's come back with a great team. Let's give it to Kyler. We know we'll never see him again. Could be. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Well, time will tell. That's right. You're either going to be a true prophet or – the hell are you thinking, Armin? <laughs> I've heard that before. You never know what can happen. I've heard that before. But regardless, this dude was a dynamic, dynamic player. And the cool thing about it is, uh, I'm not positive on this, but I think they're going to play Alabama in the college football playoff. And we're going to get to see him against the best that college yeah. football has to offer. And let's just see. Maybe he goes out there and shreds him. Regardless of whether he shreds him or not, he's deserving the Heisman. Hell of a football – little bitty guy. Yeah. Little bitty guy. 5'11". 5'11", about a what, – what What are they listening at? About 175, 185. I mean, he's a little bitty guy. I've seen him. He's a little bitty guy. But he is fast and can throw that ball. He gets it done. So, 
Anyway, I think that uh, you couldn't have gone wrong with either one of these guys. So nah, that's good for him. I mean, yep. grow up, you know. That's it. Dreaming about winning a Heisman, and you so, win it. So talk about an athlete, right? So l- let me go back a little bit. And this is just coming off the top of my head with this guy. I think he was the starting quarterback at Allen, which is the highest classification Texas high school football. And I think he was something to the tune of 50-0. and 0. I don't think he ever lost. I think he won three state titles, something to that tune. Uh, came to A&M, uh, had, had some success, battled with another five-star recruit. Uh, kind of shared duties with them. One little loss, little. He, he did go to Allen. See there. His team won three straight st- uh, state championships, forty-three games in a row. Pretend like I know. Missed what I'm talking one about. start during the during his streak and finished his career perfect, forty-two and zero record. Forty-two and zero. My God, God, at the highest man. level, of Texas. Look at you. And so he went to A and M. Had some mixed success there. All Why did he leave? I mean, it was some coaching changes. There were some things going on there. I don't think it was entirely uh, – it, it was certainly not – just wasn't just like jiving? It, it wasn't jiving. I mean, it, this was towards the end of Sumlin's uh, tenure. They changed offensive coordinators. Uh, so there was some turmoil going on, and yeah. I don't blame it. To be honest with you, as an Aggie, I'd love him to stay, obviously, but this dude has made the right decision for him, and I pat him on the back. Go get it, buddy. Good you job. Go make your millions in the in, in Major League Baseball. Go collect your Heisman Trophy. Go play in the Final Four for football. Don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. Don't buddy. mess it up. And dude. he comes from a good family, from what I understand. How so? God. How many of these guys just mess it up? Who was the guy that recently beat that chick's ass in the middle of a Kareem Hunt? Yeah, Kareem Hunt. He's good done. God. This young man is 23, 24 years old, uh, on the best team in the league, your top two, three teams in the league, KC, and, uh, you know, and does something stupid, yeah. comes up. I mean, uh, regardless, you don't, I, hate, I hate to get real vigilant and say, you know, thou shalt, you know, I'm not going to hear to cast stones, but come on, we're, we're good old boys here. Everybody's listening to this is a good old boy. You know better than put your hands on a woman. Come on now. Come on. Yeah, leave. Never, Leave. never, ever under any circumstance. I can't put up with it. Yeah. Get out get out the situation. Leave. Ever. If you're at a hotel, go get your Uber, get your Uber and take you to somewhere else. No matter where you are, never, ever, ever, ever do that. Can't can't be okay with that. You can't do a dang thing nowadays without, you know, fifty million people finding out. So it's ridiculous. Well, well, let me tie this whole a uh, little bit of a rabbit trail here. So I saw a, a little message earlier in the week talking about 41, right? We are talking about 41 earlier. Yeah. Talking about sports and shenanigans and whatnot. So there was a picture out there that was published, or it's been published for a while, but it came up again this week where when George H.W. Bush was the captain of the Yale baseball team, Babe Ruth was, it was, it was the last year before he died. Mm-hmm. And Babe Ruth presented him with a book, some kind of a, you know, token cool token deal as the captain of the Yale baseball team, whatever. And so there's a picture of Babe Ruth sitting there on the baseball diamond with his baseball uniform on and George Bush in his Yale baseball uniform. Uh, Babe Ruth had a cigar in his mouth <laughs> <laughs> and he gave him this book. So this was the year before Babe Ruth died. So talk about something. That's it right there. Talk about something that's cool. George H.W. Bush, in the last year, 
as the captain of the Yale baseball team, was accepting this award from Babe Ruth just before he died. So the tie-in is in Babe Ruth's days, and I'm a Babe Ruth fan. I'm a Babe Ruth. Uh, I know a little bit about him. But for me, my number one guy that from the time I was a little bit of kid, my dad had a Mickey Mantle card. Mm-hmm. And for me, Mickey Mantle is the dude. Yeah. Mickey Mantle, if you read his biographies, if you if you learn a little bit about Mickey Mantle, he had some shenanigans. I mean, that yeah. boy could play ball. But think about Mickey Mantle in 2018. What does that look like, right? I mean, he has. Oh, God. And so, so, again, it's very hard for us to put in perspective as good old boys, we know how to treat women and, and treat them with respect. So these guys <laughs> didn't always do that, certainly. Uh, but well, how do you how do you reconcile what was acceptable? Or not not, not that it was acceptable, but it wasn't known. Back. You can't go back. That's you right. can't go back. That's right. You have to merit it on he played baseball. Yeah, that's what he did. Well, you take this figure like, but like now Babe it, Ruth that was just this figure larger than life. Yeah. And and George H.W. Bush was just a dude, right? There's a yeah. hundred captains of Ivy League teams, teams or whatever. And that guy that goes picture to be president. Is cool. He goes on to be president. George Bush or uh, Babe Ruth dies the next year. And the the tie in there, the where I got my where my head was going, it's hard for hard for me to keep up with me, let alone everybody mm-hmm. listening to keep up with me. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Apologize. trying, man. Apologize. The whiskey helps. <laughs> the whiskey doesn't help. But uh <laughs> honest to God, the things that, that, that people got away with then that now in the media was, we're talking about Kyler yeah. Murray and he didn't have any crazy shenanigans. We're talking about Kareem Hunt and some of these things. Like, thank God he got caught and he's in trouble because nobody should treat a woman like that, right? Yeah. Um, but did Babe Ruth 20, and Mickey Mantle be who some, knows? Be who some knows? You don't right. know. Who knows? Who knows? You, you hear stories though. You do all that stuff. You, you. Who knows? I mean, it's just it's more prevalent now. Mm. Everybody's got an eye on them. It is. It, uh, to be honest with you, and 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 living through the Johnny Football era at Texas A and M, where he drew the attention to himself. Right. Yeah. He had so much success on the field, and then. Couple that with he was seeking the spotlight off the field with yeah. hanging out with LeBron James and Drake and all these guys. That's great. great. But when it doesn't go well, it's real ugly. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. And you're, it, it's not like your boys are telling you, like, hey, man, that's not cool. It's everybody in the Twitter sphere and Facebook sphere and it's, it's telling you you're not cool. Thank God I ain't famous, man. Thank God I'm Dude. just me, just a little poor boy from Longview. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm putting this out there because I like talking with I like talking with good old boys. I got I ran into uh like AJ the the hippie with a haircut. Uh-huh. He's gonna come on. Very good. Uh, one second, hold on. <laughs> you know, just just good old boys, just talking about like I said, we're champions of the common man. You don't have to be a great guy. You're a good dad. You're a good businessman. You're you're a good old ag. You know all this stuff. That's all I want to get to talk to. That's it. Drink some whiskeys. That's red so, blooded America right there. That it is. That it is. So, R. May. I think at this point right now, we have uh, two ladies waiting for us to cook some tuna steaks. Uh oh. So, uh, let's wrap this up. Let's go get us some tuna steaks. So to sign off, tell everybody 
if you are listening to this and you've got some kind of college baseball in, are you doing that six four three charts? Look them up, find them, talk to these guys. They'll help you. They'll give you that inside look. Uh, anything you want to let me let me ask you this right here. You ever had to move a pile of bricks when you were a kid? I have. Do you think the bricks are still there? I, I know where you're going with this. I've listened to your last podcast. Are your bricks still there? They may still be there. All right. So I'm going to try and edit this uh, to where we're going to go cook some tuna steaks and we're going to do some Google imaging and see if the bricks are still there. Uh, or can we do it right now? So the the point is, is as, as a boy, you do what somebody, somebody tells you to do, right? And you... Don't know the significance of it. That's right. And then afterwards, you go, man, I can be proud of this work that I put in. It's funny. Just the other day, and it was just a couple of days ago, I can't remember where it was, and somebody said, you dig a hole, and then you go move the hole, right? You t- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I love that. And, and part of it is is to keep you keep you busy, keep you growing, keep you working, to, to yeah. teach you that. And so the, I think the tie-in for me – Especially now, so here, here, here's maybe a little bit of the, the angle that I have not portrayed yet is that I've got a full-time job, very involved job, uh, wife and two kids that keep me going there in gymnastics and all kinds of things. And, and so on the side, we're doing this uh, 643, this, um, uh, this baseball business and softball business, which has been fantastic. So it's a somewhat of a hobby, somewhat of a job. Uh, whether it's moving bricks or creating a new business, the harder you work, the more you get out of it, right? I mean, what, what's the old saying that lady luck shines on those who work the hardest, something to that yeah. effect? Yeah. I mean, that Our luck is when uh, opportunity and skill meet. Damn, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's my whole my whole yeah. deal is that. Um, you are a hard worker, Army. Try to be. Try to be. That's the thing. You, you, you're gonna get out a lot more than what you put in, and it isn't gonna be unco- It isn't gonna be comfortable. So, but anyway, let's go get uncomfortable drinking whiskey and uh, cooking tuna steaks. How about that? Right on. Let's do it. Thanks everybody for listening. All right, everybody. Thank y'all for tuning in to the Good Old Boy Podcast. If you're first time listening, I really appreciate. It. Go back and check our previous episodes. If you are a returning listener, thank you for coming back and listening. As always, please go and subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you're on, whether that is iTunes, Google, Stitcher, any of these. And if you can, please go and rate us. I'd like a five. I'm going to ask you for a five. Uh, If you've got a suggestion of a good old boy we need to uh, talk to, please drop us a line. Let us know. Tag us in your Instagram post doing good old boy stuff. Just reach out to us. Talk to us. We'd love to hear from y'all. Go ahead, Army. Gig them, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) You had to lay it in. I love it. So, as always, I'm your host, Buster Caballero. Thanks for listening. And as always, say hi to your mom and them for me.